Thanks for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. It's good to be part of a church where we don't look inward, we look outward. You know, we, you've heard a few weeks ago we talked about the land that we've purchased here at Highfields and what we're planning to do, you know, to, to build a, a Christian school and a Christian early learning centre and with a cafe and a church and that's part of the plans. But just as important, if not more important, is that sort of stuff as well, that we want to make sure that everything we does we do is all about helping people to connect with Jesus that we might be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so I get so excited when I get to see opportunities where um, you know, we're able to see God at work in, that, in those areas and see what God's up to. We sung a song, He's Not Done Yet. And one of the ways he moves is through us. So if you're, you're checking church out and you're wondering, is this, is this the sort of a church community I want to be a part of? Then that's our heart, is that we want to see people come to know him and see people come alive in him and we want to make a difference in this world. We want to see high fields and the surrounding areas come alive in Jesus and God moving really powerfully. So, um, Today's the last day of this expansion series. And only once, one time a year, we do things a little bit differently. And, and as Kaz said, later on, we're actually going to take up a, a, a special offering. It's different to our normal tithes and offerings. And we don't apologize for that because of what we've been talking about all month, that we see this as an opportunity for us to say, not only do we want to have big faith, we want to step out into big things. We want to trust God in big things personally in our own lives. And we talked a bit about this over the last few weeks. What does it look like for us to trust him and step into the big things in our own lives? As a church, we want to do that. Hence buying 100 acres and believing God that we're going to be able to build exactly what he wants us to build to reach the community. We have big faith. We have big prayers that we, we put up a wall and we say, come and, and, and pray these prayers. Put them down that others can pray for you. And, and not just the little things, but the big things. We want to trust God for big things that we can have a child, a baby that they're going to say, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. And we pray and we pray and we pray and we see all of a sudden, no, I don't need that oxygen to be on oxygen all the time now. And we're seeing God continue to move. We're going to believe for God with big prayers to reconcile families, to do amazing things. And we believe God is a big God who wants us to be big in terms of the heart that we have for generosity. I loved what Megan said through as she led us in worship. She said, you know, this, this whole season is not about, it's not about the finance or it's not about the stewardship. or It's, it's about heart. You know, and, and we want to have a heart like God and a heart like Jesus. So as I bring this home today before we sort of go out and celebrate, and I've got to tell you, I went out to the, um, for those of you who may be new and not know, we've got a big celebration afterwards with, with a Mexican theme. I'm not sure why Mexican. I've looked in the scriptures going, maybe it's just because we love Mexican food, yeah? So it's a big, Me hola! <laughs> we can have a big Mexican um, food. But I went down and had a look at the, the uh, jumping castles. There is a slide, a blow-up slide down there. Seriously, we need to say, kids, your time's done. Adults, let's go. <laughs> it is amazing out there. So that's all down there. We're going to look forward to that a little bit later on to celebrate what God's been doing, what God continues to do. But I wanted to start by just sharing a, a really brief conversation I had with someone recently as we've been talking about... God and generosity and finance. And I was catching up with a guy for a coffee and he said to me, he asked me this, he said, does how we steward our money really have anything to say with our faith? He said, 
Does how I steward my money, what I do with my money, does that have any, really, does that have anything to do with our faith, with my faith? I thought that was a really, really good question. You know, we talk about it, but how, how does that align? You know, have you ever thought about how closely your money or your finances and your faith are intertwined? Because the world says the church shouldn't talk about money. Some Christians get a little uncomfortable when we talk about finance or money or giving or generosity. And I wonder why that is when I look at the scriptures and last week I shared how often Jesus taught about it. But I thought, well, what's best for us to do this, this morning is to look at how Jesus taught about this whole issue of faith and finance and stewardship. So I'm going to read from a parable. I'm going to read from the Gospel of Matthew. If you're checking, checking church out and you're checking God out, one, a great place to start in the Bible is in the New Testament, which is about two-thirds of the way through, through the Bible. And there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they're four what we call Gospels, which talk about the life of Jesus. And I'm going to take Matthew's perspective or Matthew's Gospel, and I'm going to read a parable that Jesus taught. Now, a parable is a story that Jesus taught to make a point. And this particular parable in Matthew chapter 25 is when Jesus is teaching about stewardship, what we do with what we have, as it pertains to the kingdom of God. So he's answering the question my mate asked me as we're having a coffee. Do they align? Do they matter? Do they, do they intertwine? How do the two pertain? Here we go. The kingdom of heaven, Matthew 25, I'm going to read from verse 14. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one of his servants. He gave two bags of silver to another and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Interesting, God gave in proportion to what they were prepared to do to, with their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his money. The servant to whom he entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise and he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Interesting, that same phrase Jesus uses and talks about what we would desire when we go to see the Father, that he would say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. That's the desire of every Christian, that we would stand before the Father and he would say, look at your life, well done, good and faithful servant. Let me keep going. You've been faithful, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount that I gave you. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And he goes on. And the servant who'd received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I've earned two more. And the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Same response. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so I will now give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, different attitude. Master, I knew you were a harsh man, 
harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested the crops, I didn't plant and gathered the crops I didn't cultivate, cultivate, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now, I spend some time on that passage because it really, I think that passage is a great way of answering my mate's question. Does faith and generosity, does faith and stewardship, does faith and money, is there a relationship here? Or, or are we getting it wrong? Should we not talk about resource in church? Should we not talk about finance in church? And I think Jesus teaches really well that the servants who were faithful in their stewarding, what the master gave them, were praised by the master and entrusted with more of the master's wealth. Now remember, this is a parable. Jesus is teaching this story and the understanding is the master, the reflection of the master is the reflection of God. He says, I've given you, I've created a way, I've provided for you. What are you going to do with what I give you? That might advance what I want to see happen in your life. And the servants who were faithful in stewarding what the master gave them were praised and entrusted with more. And the servant who was fearful and negligent was swiftly reprimanded by the master, actually called wicked and lazy. Because they didn't do what God wanted them to do with what he gave them or what the master gave them. And so he, he took it away. He didn't allow them more opportunities to be used by him. A wise and faithful steward will be faithful with the master's resource. He'll take, he and she will take care of it because what he's been given, he knows was given by the master. It's the master who actually provided so this morning, what I want us to do is to realize no matter what we have, we can justify it by saying, oh, I've got this car because I worked hard. And maybe you did work hard. But the work that you got was provided you because you've got employment, because you've got gifts and abilities, you've got skills. And yes, you would have worked hard, but God has created a way. How many know God opens doors and closes doors? There is a, we're praying for someone right now who's looking for work. I don't know whether they've lost their job or they're starting out, but God opens opportunities and he closes opportunities. And I want us to be a church where God is continuing to open doors because we are like the servant with the five who says, God, I've got this and I want to use it for your glory so that you might give me more than I can use it for your glory, that you might give me more that I can use it for your glory, that I can advance your kingdom, that I can live a life where I'm seen as being generous, not storing it away. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, the Apostle Paul says, Now it is required that stewards must prove faithful. See, Paul was teaching about this same idea of stewards, stewardship. What are we doing? Stewardship is really what do you do with what you've been given? How am I stewarding it? And Paul's saying we need to be aware that we have a responsibility to be faithful. We may try to, to divorce our faith and our finances, but God sees them as inseparable. He just sees them as how you use what I've given you will have an impact on how you're going with your faith. Now, I know this is a, a strong and a harsh message around this whole issue of resourcing and financing, 
But when God is, is concerned about our heart and, and he teaches us this, he says, it's your hearts I want, guys. And when your hearts are open to being all I've created you to be, when your hearts are open to being generous, like the God of the universe who was so generous that he gave his only son, he let his only son die on a cross for you and I. You talk about generosity. Jesus, I love them so much. Would you go and die the most horrific death anyone's ever, ever, ever lived and died so that they might know me and have eternal life? The God of that sort of generosity says, I'm going to give you opportunities and I want to sow through you. I want you, Murray, to be a conduit that as I sow into you, your gifts, your abilities, opportunities, your passion, finances, resources, would you be a conduit that doesn't store up but then serves and blesses and encourages with your gifts and encourages with your passion and encourages with your giftings and encourages with your finances and encourages with your stewardship. I remember somebody said to me once, you've all heard this, but I'm going to remind you. It's interesting when you see um, a hearse driving down the road, somebody who's just passed away. You notice you never see a U-Haul behind it. You never see a trailer behind it. I'm off to heaven and here's what I'm taking with me. Now, nothing of this world we take with us to heaven. We don't need any of that. The riches of heaven are waiting for us and they'll look different. I don't know if you know this, but um, over, over the years of being in ministry, I've, I've um, had the privilege and the honour of officiating um, some funerals. And I was talking to people who are involved at, at funeral parlours and they were saying that funeral clothes that they provide, none of them have pockets in them. Because they don't need to take anything. Nothing needs to be in the pockets. But that's, that's profound because you can't take it with you. But what we can do while we're on this earth is we can lay a foundation, we can lay a heritage, we can lay a legacy for the kingdom of God. And we can enjoy what God's given us. See, this message is not all about well, we're not allowed to have anything that's fun. No, no, no. That's, God loves it when we have fun. But it's where our heart is. If our heart's all about me, 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 God says, well, I want to do something in that break through that, that we might be able to serve one another, that we might be able to step into one another, we might be able to support one another. Do you know in the world that there is enough resources that no one would be poor, that no one would be hungry? There is enough resources in this world that God has provided that not one person would be in poverty. Now, can we change the world? Can we change that? Yes. By you and I deciding I'm not going to live the way the world says, which is, Get everything for yourself. Look after number one. Bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. But saying, God, how would you have? Prayerfully, God, how would you have me steward what you've given me, the opportunity you've given me? Let me, let me just real quick talk about what good stewardship is and what good stewardship is not. So good stewardship is not a donation. Good stewardship is not a donation. It's not a... Oh, look, and I give that and, and, and I want recognition for it. I want it, it. It's not donation. Good stewardship is not emotional giving. Murray preaches this message and gets us all fired up and, oh, emotionally I feel good. That's not good stewardship either. It's not, it's not, I'm not trying to, to, to raise up emotion here. That's not good stewardship, giving out of emotion. Good stewardship isn't even philanthropy, which is the, the whole idea of recognising a need and giving out a human kindness. 
Now, all of those three things are good. Philanthropy, emotional giving and donations, they're all good if God pulls in our heart. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not what I'm preaching today. I'm preaching good stewardship. Good stewardship is planning. Good stewardship is recognising where everything comes from and saying, this is not an emotional, this is not a moment giving, this is a lifestyle. That God calls me to live a lifestyle of generosity. And hopefully if you've been around this church long enough, you'll know around this church that we want to be a generous church. Not just in the walls of the church where we provide food for you today and, and so many people have, have helped out and done that and provide jumping castles for the kids. But, but in the community where we see a need in Lismore and we go, where we see a need with a family in our community, they're not part of the church community, that have lost a beautiful, precious child and we go, how do we help? What can we do? Now you might say that my church is great. Well, you're the church. So we want to be that people where we're ready to respond in that regard. All good things, all good things, but good stewardship is being ready to move when God nudges. Good stewardship is being faithful with God's resources and it starts with recognising all I have is God's. Maybe that's a start for you. Do you realise that all you have is God's? God's provided you all that you have. Every opportunity. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 21 says, Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what we just read. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. God's saying, Well done, when, when we have that heart. Now I'm going to create more opportunities for you. You're going to see things. You're going to see opportunities. I'm going to provide more for you that you might use that for the glory of God. Read, Good, I can trust you, Murray. I can trust you with a little. I'm going to trust you with more. See, God, in this life, God has not called you to be successful as much as he's called you to be faithful. Let me say it again. God, in this life, has not called you as much to be successful as he is to be faithful. I'm not speaking, about, I'm not speaking negatively about being successful. We want to be the best that we can be, of course. But that's not God's aim for your life. God's aim for your life is faithfulness. And the more faithful we are, the more opportunities that we have. Stewardship has the transforming power to change your life towards God's ways. Do finances and faith, do they come together? Do they intertwine? Absolutely they do. Generosity draws each of us closer to God. Matthew 6.21 says, Your heart will be where your treasure is. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. What do, we, what do we give? What do we do? What do we look? What are we about? That'll show where our heart is. Real quick, being a faithful servant means sacrificial giving. First Chronicles chapter 19, verse 14. I'm going to use a lot of scriptures this morning because I want you to understand what God's saying. This is not what Murray's saying. This is not what the church is saying. This is not the rhetoric that we go by. This is heart stuff right now. And if you hang around this church long enough, you'll hear heart stuff about all sorts of things where God says, this is what I want you to look at. This is a mirror that Murray that I want you to look at and learn more about my heart for you. There'll be lots of different areas. And this one about, about um, sacrificial giving, this one about stewardship is so very important. First Chronicles 19.14 says, Everything we have comes from the, you, Lord, and we can only give back to you what is already yours. Chronicles, I shared a couple of weeks ago, we, we read out of um, Chronicles and we talked about the prayer of Jabez. 
Do you remember that? Remember we talked about Jabez and we talked about this simple prayer where this, God said, where this guy says, bless me indeed and expand my territories. And we, we, just, we really stayed on those first two lines of his prayer. And he was, he was saying, bless me indeed and expand my territories. And you might go, Murray, that's exactly opposite to what you're saying. No, it's not. It's not. Because what he was saying was, bless me indeed, expand my territories that I might do more for you and the kingdom. So it is great when we pray and we ask God, when our hearts are pure to him. Because everything that we have is his anyway. Psalm 84 verse 11 says, Sovereign is our God and generous in the gifts and glory. He doesn't scrimp with his traveling companions. You see, our God doesn't scrimp with us. Our God lavishes blessings. So many of you can talk about answered prayers in different areas. So many of you can, even financially, can talk about where he just showed up at the right time and you got that job or you got that promotion or, or financially it just provi- was your provision, your need was provided for just in that moment. So many of us have story after story about a God who is sovereign providing because he doesn't scrimp. He loves to bless his kids. And again, I mentioned this two weeks ago, but more than 50% of Jesus' parables, Jesus' stories, are all about generosity. Why are you talking about generosity over the last couple of weeks, Murray? This is why, because Jesus taught on it. Let me give you an image that maybe you might want or maybe you may, may not want, but um, I read this somewhere and I thought, oh, wow, that, that's, that's amazing. When Adam and Eve were, were walking the earth, and then um, they did that, what they shouldn't do. And all of a sudden, they started to realize that they were naked. And you remember that the, the scriptures talk about that they had, had a fig leaf and they put a fig leaf over themselves because they were hiding from God. And I read somewhere, maybe today the fig leaf has gone from our genitals to our wallets. We're hiding what we think is ours from the master. Saying, God, what would you have me do with what you've given me? Oh, I heard that or I read that recently. I went, oh my goodness. It's a pretty you know, sort of, you know, that God slap to the moments. But wow. Let me let that sit for a moment. You see, generosity breaks the grip of materialism. I wonder if you're caught up with accumulating things or you're caught up with, God, thank you for your blessings. And I'm going to enjoy those blessings. But what would you have me do with what you've given me? There's a powerful prayer. There's a God-inspired prayer. See, expansion is about faith and it's about prayer and it's about generosity. But the issue, the issue that we have with sacrificial giving is knowing the source of our supply. When we truly know the source of why we get to do what we do and we know that God is the God of all, it changes the way we think about everything we have and everything we do. Real quick, second one, being faithful servant is strategic giving. Kaz and I have learned over our years that if we don't seek God first with our giving, if we're not generous, then we will never have enough to do what we want. We feel we need to do. We felt over the time that if we don't seek God first with our giving, with our tithes and offerings and what have you, then we'll never have enough. We've always found that as we put God first with everything, including our generosity, including our stewardship, there has always been enough. I don't know if that's your testimony, but that's certainly been ours in the good times and in the tough times. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says, In everything you do, put God first and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. God's call according to his purposes. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31. 
A little bit later on, in, in, in uh, sorry, earlier in Matthew, Jesus says this. He says, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? This is Jesus teaching. He says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. And then he says, so seek first the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. And I'm here to tell you, not only does he give you everything you need, he loves to bless his kids. When? When our hearts are pure for him. Carl Menninger, a leading and influential American psychiatrist, said this about, about finance, about money. He said, money giving is a very good criterion in a way of a person's mental health. Generous people are rarely mentally ill people. Now, that's not saying that you've suffered from mental illness, you're not generous. But him as a psychiatrist says, generally what happens is the more people are open to being generous, the healthier we are mentally, physically, emotionally, and certainly spiritually. See, the issue of strategic giving is knowing your place and your purpose in life is to be used by God for his glory. And then the last one, being a faithful servant means spiritual giving. It means spiritual giving. It means we reflect the heart of God. Kaz was talking to me, I was talking to Kaz, Kaz and I will often chat about what we're preaching about each week and getting a perspective of one another, what are you thinking? And as I was talking to her about this perspective, this spiritual giving, that we really, not only are we giving physical, we're giving spiritual. And she said, can you imagine, Murray, if we could see in the spiritual realm what's going on around the whole stewardship idea? Can you imagine, Murray, if we could see what God is giving us? as the angels protect, as opportunities open up, as God whispers and doors open and we walk through, as God provides a way, as God provides just that right house or just that right job or just that right situation, just that right person saying just that right thing at just that right time or that pay rise at just that right, whatever it might be, not just financially, in every, can you imagine if we saw in the spiritual realm what was actually happening? She said, oh, I just think, I know for us, we would be even more excited to live a life of a good steward. Now, for whatever reason, we don't often see what's going on in the spiritual realm. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we get a picture. Sometimes there's a prophetic word. Sometimes we have an understanding. But God is moving continually. He's moving in your heart right now. I believe it. God's providing. God's challenging. Angels are going to work on our behalf. Jesus is petitioning the Father in heaven on your behalf right now. Whatever your prayer need is, whatever your situation or circumstance is. So important for us to understand that when we give, there's something happens in the spiritual realm. The start of this message, I talked about my friend asking me how closely the finances and faith intertwine. Perhaps the Apostle Paul answers this the best of all. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 13, Paul says, your giving proves the reality of your faith. Your giving of your time, what does it look like to serve God and to serve others? Your giving of your talents, and your giftedness, and those moments the giving of your prayer. 
It's a great reflection of your faith and your giving of your finance. The way that you give of the resource that God's given you is, is, is a reflection of our faith. And I want to pause and say, Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. This message is not a message of rebuke. I want this message to be a message of encouragement because this is a faithful church. This is a generous church. The church's people, that's you. The way that you give, the way people serve in this place. People are coming to me already saying, oh, you know, with Jenna stepping out, can I step in, can I help out? Amazing. People are saying, where can I, I'm, I'm, you know, I've just started coming along to the church, two, three weeks in, where can I serve? This is my church now, I want to help. People come and saying, how do I give? Faithful, faithful church. I want us to be encouraged in this moment around the generosity that sits in this place with our time and our talents and our treasures. But we can't take it for granted. We have to be proactive. We have to be understanding. You see, we cannot love without giving. Let me finish with what Megan started with. God doesn't need us to be generous. God wants us to be generous because that's his nature. And I want us to be known as a church. Highlands, man, they are so generous with their time. We're going to come and bless the school. We're going to come and bless the teachers. We're not sure how yet. Maybe we'll, we'll get some baker's duck and bring them morning tea. It, it doesn't have to be bigger than Ben Herbert just to say to the teachers, we appreciate who you are. Thank you for allowing us to come. We, we pay rent, but thank you for allowing us to come and just be part of the community here. Whatever it might be, we just want to be generous. We want people to know the love of God flows in us and through us. And so we, we pray, God, expand our territories that we might be generous in all ways and in every way. So I'm going to pray in a moment. But I wanted to just finish this series off by saying thank you, church, for being such a generous church. Hearts that say, God, you are so good to us. I want to be used by you in whatever way you call on me to, to advance your kingdom. In a moment, we're going to, um, we're going to just put some little barrels. I think they are up here. We, don't, we only do this once a year. We've, you know, most of the time you're giving you know, is done in all sorts of different ways. But, but uh, when, you, when you arrived over the last few weeks, either at the info point or on your, on your seats, there's these booklets. And in the booklets, there's an expansion pledge card. Some of you have already prepared. Some of you have been praying together. I know families have been praying and saying, God, would you, what would you have us give? Some of you may not have done that yet. And don't stress, there will be an opportunity that, you, you know, if you don't, it's not like if you don't pledge today or you don't give today, then it's done. There will be an opportunity. But we want us as a church community to, to make, mark the moment right now. Now, let me also say this before we pray. Some of you have committed over the last 12 months and have been, have been giving over the last 12 months um, as a, an ongoing kind of a pledge. What we want to say to you, just to make it really clear, it's like, well, I've been giving my pledge from last time and some things have happened. I haven't been able to give all. We just put a line through the sand of what was. Okay, so if you've committed to stuff in the past over the last 12 months, wherever that's at, as of today, just see that as done. Right? Don't feel like, oh, does that mean I've, you know, I give? No, it's, it's not about that. We just want to start again in this fresh year and go, God, what are you saying? What are you saying to me? What are you saying to us as a family? What are you saying to us as a church? And so there's, there's ways to do that. And the worship team are going to worship, um, um, lead some worship, but they're going to play some music first. We're going to come forward, place those um, offerings in there. And then the worship team are going to pray, are going to sing us into our celebration 
uh, time afterwards. But oh, the other thing I'm supposed to, I'm, I need to say too, is these cards are being used by both Middle Ridge and Highfield. So please, when you mark them, where you see Highfields, big circle around that one. Just mark, I think there's a there's a dot there or a circle. But if you're if you're giving the the, the bank accounts there, but just make it clear that it's Highfields, just so that we know where that's going, because we want to use it, you know, around the kingdom and where we're at. You know, my prayer this morning is nobody here has allowed the enemy to rob what God wanted to say today. Anytime we talk, there's certain issues when preachers preach, we have, we feel an attack in the lead up. I was cramping up like any, I said to Kaz, can you please pray for me? I'm cramping up. I was cramping up right through worship. I moved around more than I've ever moved before trying to get rid of my cramp. Um, There's little things that happen because the enemy doesn't want us to do this stuff because it brings release and it brings freedom. So that's why we preach it, because we want to bring release and freedom to you, to this church. So I'm going to pray. Don't give out of obligation. Give out of opportunity. God loves a cheerful giver. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray over over every heart right now as we come, as we bring our pledges to you, as we bring our offerings to you, whatever that might look like this morning and over the next few days. Father, I just pray over the hearts and minds of every person here. God, we want to know your heart. We want to be, we want to experience your love. We want to experience your grace right now, Lord God. Father, I pray that anything that I've said right now that's not been of you, that it would fall away. But the things that are truth, things that are of you, I pray that our hearts would be sealed on our hearts. God, I thank you for this amazing, generous church. Thank you that you've called us to continue to be that way. Thank you for the big vision, the big dreams you've given us to see people, hundreds, thousands of people coming to know you and coming alive in you. Thank you, Father, you've given us a pathway to fulfill those dreams with land and buildings, with relationships and opportunities with insight, wisdom, new church plants, all of, the, all of the things you've given us a way forward for. But in this moment, we look to you and we say, you are God, you are creator, and you are provider. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. We give you all the glory and all the honour as this giving is an act of our worship. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.highfields on Facebook or Instagram or head to highlandschurch.org.au for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.